to Sam. Anyone know what Sam we're on? 15. Who said 15? Adam did. Give that kid a Yorkie. You have one already. We'd be all comfort eating in a while. But uh, So we're walking through the Psalms. That's, that's been our preaching over the last couple of months. And just to say that you're very welcome. And just being immersed in the Psalms, I found it absolutely um, challenging. And yet, you know, being encouraged. Like some of the commentators say of the scriptures say that the, the rest of the Bible is, is showing us how God speaks to us. The Psalms are showing us how we speak to God. And we can be honest. You remember, like, one of my favorite ones um, up to this point is being Psalm 13, when David says, How long, God? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? How long must this keep going on? How long will you hide your face from me? Five how longs. Um, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, and the Prince of Preachers, said that he named it the Howling, the Howling um, Psalm. That David was like howling up at God. How long must this go on? And, 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 and incredibly, you know, especially as Pentecostal people, we, we, we know how to praise God in the midst of the how longs. But we don't praise the Lord instead of the how longs. That David was giving us permission to lament, to get it off our chest, to pour out our grief, so that we can ask God to show us who he is in the midst of it all. And I don't know about you, but that is very, very comforting. Um, that God is listening, not just to our praise, but also to the grief and the pain that's in our hearts. Because Why? Because he's, that's who he is. And so we're going to look at Psalm 15 with like, we're going to go till about quarter to one, if that's all right. And, um, and we just get through this word. Um, so Sam, it's one of those great psalms that we, we, we've sang songs about. And, um, and I wanted to slide to go up on the screen so that you can see my process of, of writing my sermon and, and then getting just hearing God's. And this is it. And uh, so um, listen to what David says. I'll put two translations. There's a bit missing on that one, but we put two translations up to sh- just to give some contrast. So listen to what the NIV says. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one who is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their hearts, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Listen to the other one. Lord, who dares to dwell with you? Who presumes the privilege of being close to you, living next to you in your shining place of glory? Who are those who daily dwell in the life of the Holy Spirit? They are passionate and wholehearted, always sincere, always speaking truth. For their hearts are trustworthy. They refuse to slander or insult others. They never listen to gossip or rumors, nor would they ever harm another one with their words. They will speak out partially against evil and evil workers, while commending, commending the faithful ones who follow out the truth. They make firm commitments and follow them through, even at great cost. They never crush others with exploitation or abuse or abuse, and they would never be brought, bought with a bribe against the innocent. They will never be shaken. 
they will stand firm forever. Amen. And just a few little pointers that I believe the Lord put on my heart. Look, here's a great question. Who may dwell in the tent of the Lord? Another translation says the tabernacle of the Lord. Another translation says, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? It's a question. Who can dwell, live next, have the privilege of living next to God in his shine and glory? Who can do this? Who, 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 is, who is he asking this question to? Who is the question being posed to? How can we get there? How can we go? How can we be the one that says, I'm the one that will dwell in the presence of the Lord? It's an invitation. An invite getting sent out by God to anyone that will believe in Jesus. That's how we get there. That's how we become right before God, that we believe in the cross. Hebrews 4.16 says that, that, that we may enter boldly into the throne room of God. That the invitation is for us to, to dwell, to know God, to understand God, to be intimate with God. How, how can we do that? Through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? Through the blood of Jesus. Listen to what Paul writes, that the blood of Jesus brings us near to God. If there's a place after being made, a way after being made, so that we can have a relationship with God. So what do we do to access this is to go to God. It's to go to Him. Going to Him based on, on Hebrews 4.16. It's going to Him based on not how we feel, not what we've done or what we failed to do. It's going to Him based on that Jesus made the way. For each one of us to be able to access the very presence of the one who created and sustains the whole universe by his word. What an invitation. I don't want us to be a people that that this invitation is given to us and we don't access the presence of God because of whatever. So if if Jesus and the blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus gets us in, then all these other things that, that is being said keeps us in. Are you with me? So, so look, who can dwell? Who can go to the holy hill? Who can go to the holy mountain? Who can live next to, to your shining glory? Those who believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The access door is open to us. But how do we stay there? How do we dwell in that place? It's by living according to the rules that's probably a bad word. Living according to the manifest, the manifesto of the kingdom of God. Living according, not slandering people, not rejoicing with evil, not uttering slander, not doing wrong to people, not casting slurs, not despising what is evil and, and, and honoring those who please God. Keeping a note even when it hurts. Even when it costs us something. Never exploiting people. Never manipulating people. Because when we do those things, we find ourselves slipping off the hill of the Lord. We find ourselves going down the bottom of the hill. Because when we have these things in our heart, we will not go before the presence of God. Am I right? That we go, oh, I'll go to church but not to Him. I go to pastors, but not to him. I go to friends, but not to him. I, I, I listen to music, but not go to him. And we do everything. The more we get into these things that he's telling us will take us off the hill, the further we'll get away from him. The more we will be slanderous. Telling lies, not truth. Using our tongue to curse and not to bless. 
being quick to dishonor, being quick to take advantage of people. But when we're up near him, he gives us correction and direction. Now son, now daughter, I don't want you to speak to your missus like that again. But he'd never call her missus. He says, my daughter, my son. But Lord, she wrecks me head. Not you, Sharon. (laughs) But Lord, I feel I have the right to. When you get down the hill, you will live in your own rights. But when you get up to him, he must forgive. Let go. So if Jesus' cross gets us access, living according to the kingdom will keep us there. Will keep us anointed. Will keep us flowing in the things of God. And the results of it is, is that we will be unshakable. That we will stand firm. That we will be kingdom people. We will see the kingdom come. We will see kingdom atmospheres being changed wherever we go. That, that's, 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 it's all about the hill. Say it's all about the hill. Tell someone it's all about the hill. It's all about the holy place. It's all about going up to the mountain. I tell you, if there was any other way to live the Christian life outside of being in relationship with Jesus, that, 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 if anyone has given that off to us, it, well, it's, I want to tell you it's a lie. The way to stay vibrant, the way to stay faithful, the way to keep our mouths and our tongues under, under control is by abiding in the vine. It's by being a branch that's connected to the source of all life, all light, all energy, all power, all love, all acceptance. That's the only way. There's no other way. I always say to Sharon, if, if, if I'm not spending time with Jesus, one day she'll, I'll know it. Two days, she'll know it. Third day, you'll all know it. Because it doesn't take long to slip down that mountain. It doesn't take long to be carnal again. It doesn't take long to have a bad attitude again. It doesn't take long to hold on unforgiveness. It doesn't take long, does it? That if you give the flesh an inch, it becomes a ruler. Give it an inch. That's why we put, Paul says, take every thought captive. Don't let it in. Because you can either take something that's a fly captive, or you're going to try to take hold of a dragon on the other side. Which is easier? The, the fly Because trying to capture the dragon is hard. That's why he says, because it doesn't take long for the flesh to want to be in control. It doesn't take long for the old man to want to be in control again. It doesn't take long for the old thinking to be there ruling us and going, now dictating to us. Go to the mountain. Very quickly, three mountain men I want to tell you about. One is Moses. Listen to what God says. The scripture should come up there. Exodus 24, 18. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up to the mountain. And he stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. He became a kingdom man. He became like God because he went up to the mountain. You read books all over the place, how to be a man of God. Moses tells us how to be a man of God. Shows us how to be a man of God. Shows us the commitment that needs, the, 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 the perseverance that is needed. This guy was 80 when God called him at the bush. This could have been like 30, 40 years into it. He was climbing mountains to get to God. He was persevering up mountains. I, I, anyone been to Mount Sinai? I'd imagine it's a big mountain. 
He said, no, I have to keep going. Because when I get there, when I get into that cloud, when I get into his presence, it's worth it. Forty days and forty nights at a time. Moses would have happened to leave the crowd to get to the cloud. Before, before Apple had the I cloud, there was the I am cloud. And he had to leave the crowd. He had to leave them down there to get a hold of him who was up there. And in this relationship with God, it doesn't come via third parties. It comes sometimes leaving the crowd and all the activities and saying, Lord, this is my time with you. This is where I want to see and I want to hear and I want to know and I want to feel and I want to embrace and I want to be given assignments. You don't get them toward hand. You get them from him. Toward hands confirm what you've already heard there. So the invitation from Moses, he goes up and he sees God. He says, God, I want to see your glory. I'm telling you, God told me about a month ago, the glory of God is coming. It is coming. And I want to be at the forefront of it. I want to be able to say, you know what, God, you told me and I've seen it. It's up in that place. It's up in the, when you leave the crowd and get to the crowd. Somebody says this, your man's all heavenly minded, no earthly good. The only way to be any earthly good is to be heavenly minded. Boom. <laughs> I let it fall on before Adam will kill me. Let's get a rubber one. <laughs> the only way to be any earthly good is to be heavenly minded. Moses was a man with his head in the clouds. His head in the clouds and his feet walking through the dirt of, of, of earth. The muck of earth. The hurt. The pain. The oppression. But his head was there. And he'd hear from God and he'd bring down He's seen God's character. character. Remember, he said, the Lord says, you know, I'm going to put you between a rock and a hard place. If you're, in the, if you're in between a rock and a hard place, they ask him to show you his glory. He put him in there. And then the glory of God came by. The Lord, the Lord. Gracious and passionate God. Slow to anger, abounding in love, forgiven wickedness and sin from generation to generation. Going by, Moses runs out and he falls on his face. That when you see God up there in that private place, in that secret place, he's waiting on us. That's what he told me. He's waiting on us. Tell them now that if they come in and spend time with me, I will meet them there. I will meet them there. He will meet you there. Just leave it. Just go in. It's not about feelings. It's not about having the right environment. It's not about smoke and, and glitter balls and all that stuff. It's not about traveling circus to get you into the atmosphere of God. He says, I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there and I'll show you my glory. I'll show you my face. You will see my character. I don't know about you, but when I come out of the presence of God, I feel like my eyes are burning. And I look in the mirror, I want to see like lasers or something. But it never looks like that. You just look tired. But they feel something. They feel alive. They're bluer than blue. They're brighter than bright. I don't know whether anyone can see it out there. But you can see. I was looking at someone during the day and I was like, I'm going to look right through them, Lord. Because I thought I could. Because when you're with them, you come down from that place. Listen to Luke chapter 9. It should be up there. About eight days after, about eight days after Jesus said, to, said, to, said this, he took Peter, James, and John with him and went up to the mountain to pray. So what was this mountain? What was up on this mountain? Jesus brought them up to the place, what we call the Mount of Transfiguration. And just before that, 
You can read it in John, or Luke chapter 9, 10, 11, this whole scenario. So Jesus sends the 12 disciples out. And he says this to them. He says, he got the 12 together and he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure all diseases. And he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So he sends them out on a mission. And they go out and, they, and they're, they're preaching the gospel, they're healing the sick, they're casting out devils of all types of things that God told them to do. This is what, this is what happened. And then they come back and Jesus brings them up. Now they went out and done things, but one of the things they never done, I'll show you in a minute, they never cast out the devil out of a young boy that lived in the village so they come back to Jesus and then Jesus says to James, John and Peter he says we're going up to the mountain so the invitation is to go up and when they go up it says that Jesus became glorious his face started to shine. His clothes became glorious. And who appears before him um, and have the conversation about him, Jesus going home to heaven, was Moses and Elijah. Now Moses was a cloud walker. And so was Elijah. Do you remember Elijah got taken up in the cloud? And they, they were two cloud people. And, and now Jesus was another cloud man talking in together about what was to come about Jesus going back. And then, then, then they mother guys, they, they fell asleep, would you believe it? And then when he woke up, Peter says, come on, we, we build a tabernacle and we'll all stay up on the mountain. You know, like, like, look at him. Isn't that just typical of us? Come on, we build a little house here. And me, Elijah, Moses and the other lads will all stay here. And we'll have a great Christian time and a great Holy Ghost time and whatever. And um, so anyway, that Jesus, Jesus, this is what it says. Peter didn't know what he was talking about. That's what it says. You haven't got a clue what you're on about, Peter. Then a voice came from heaven. The Father, this is my son, in whom I well please. Listen to him. Then they come down the mountain. They were after being sent out. They go up to the hill. And they go down the mountain. And a man there with a son says, Jesus, I beg you, will you heal my son? He had a demon in him. He said, I beg. They said, I begged your disciples. And they didn't do it. Jesus looks at them. You can read it yourself. Jesus deals with the issue. He doesn't want us just up in the cloud. He wants us to go from the cloud to the crowd. To bring what we've seen and heard and been spoken of up there. The majesty of Jesus that we've seen in the private. We can go to the public and say, him that was with me in the mountains is him that's with me at the bottom of the mountain. I don't want to just build holy tabernacles up there. I want to bring the kingdom to the people that, that need him. That boy needed him. That family needed him. That community needed him. And he came down. That's why Jesus was looking at them as much saying, guys, when are you going to get this? But he brought them up to the mountain to give them an experience. I could imagine when they came down the mountain that Peter and James and John was like, here, Jesus, we'll do it now. We've seen something. We experienced something. Was it in church? Well, I love experiences in church. But it was when they were with Jesus. And remember, look at this, there was two or three of them with Jesus. Get with two or three people around you and activate the, the, the blessing that's in two or three gathered together in his name. Because sometimes it's hard on your own. So well, then Jesus says, well, get another person. And when the enemy comes against one, you'll have someone to encourage you. And when you have nothing, they'll have something. So you can activate what God is, the blessing that he has in the two or three, that we don't have to be on our own. But even if you're out of with two or three, or believe me that God will meet you and then you will want to be with him on your own. Because when you get together with the two and three, you bring something. 
Then Jesus sends out the 72. What was the difference? The mountain. What was the difference of now them going out with the 72 and they come back, you read it, they come back and, and they're rejoicing, saying, Jesus, even devils submit to us. Even devils, they couldn't do anything like before the mountain. They go up the mountain, now they're like, Jesus, even devils submit to us in your name. And Jesus, what did he say? He said, when he says to him, listen, when you were out there, I seen Satan fall like lightning. That's what he said. I used to always think that was about Satan getting kicked out of heaven, but there's no reference to that. He says, when you were out there after experiencing me up in the mountain, that you went out there and you were dealing with the devil, and you see, he's seen strongholds of Satan hitting the ground like lightning. Why? Because they were with him. They were with him. He says, don't rejoice that devil submit you. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Again, I used to think that was about your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but it's not. It's no reference to it. It was saying to them, because you are with me, your name is known in the heavens. So when you speak in my name, boom, you're not just some fella that comes in or some girl that comes in. And we've all been there. They've never even known there was a mountain and they're trying to cast out devils in Jesus' name. And you don't see them in six months' time because you can't play games with this stuff. The only way to walk against the enemy is to be with the king of all glory. You can't just walk in. You know, we said it. Or something Glundalk come along. This Yahoo's just stepped out of nowhere. We bind the devil over Glundalk. Because I'm telling you, I wasn't listening to him and neither was to heaven he's listening to him. Why? Because you knew, you know the power. You know the prayer that's being spoken. You know the authority of someone that's after being with Jesus. You will know when I stand up here whether I've been with Jesus or not. I've known times I've been up here when I haven't been with Jesus and I might as well have gone because there's no power in it. But when you're with him you can say the mountains be moved. You can say the devils come out. You can say the diseases to be healed when you're with him. Why? Because the God who you found confidence in in the private is the God that comes out with you in the public place. This world deserves people that's being up in the mountain. Our city, our community deserves people to present Jesus to them with power and authority. They come back rejoicing. Jesus says, listen to what he says. He says, the 72 returned. 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I've seen Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample snakes, snakes and scorpions. Sometimes I say skakes and snorpions. And, and to overcome all power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the, the, the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. And then he goes on and says, Father, I thank you that you've given it to these to confound the wise. Do you see what he's saying? He's not saying it's for the special few. He's saying, oh, thank you, Lord. You've given it to these, the little ones, the innocent ones, the people that nobody wants. He says, I've given them the authority. I've given them the power. And that's what had them rejoicing, that the Father had given them to, to Jesus. In the third mountain, man, we go back to Moses. It says in Exodus that him, Aaron, and her, three men, go up to a mountain. And there was a raging battle. God wants us to be kingdom people. He wants to see the kingdom come as in Luke. And he wants to see kingdom atmospheres be released. Are you facing the battle? 
Are you facing a torrent of the enemy, an army coming against you, something stopping? He says this, that when Aaron and Hor and Moses went up to the mountain, that they stood there and when they prayed, when they lifted their hands on the mountain, on the mountain, you with me? Up the hill, up that place, three of them, there you go, three again, the triune, the power that's in the trinity of people, of the triune of people that are agreeing together and they stood there and every time they lifted their hands up, a victory was coming. And I believe God wants to, wants to encourage us and build us up and infuse us and enthuse us to be able to get together, to be able to lift up hands up. But if you're in a battle, don't go through it on your own. Get one or two brothers and sisters. That's what Jesus says. It doesn't have to be pastors and superstars and teachers and preachers. and all. He says, just get two or three. Come on, just get two or three. Don't look for those who, who tinker in. Look for those who are just willing. Who are just wanting. Who just desire him. And that's who gets him. To, 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 to change spiritual atmospheres in our homes. In our communities. The result is when we go into his presence, we will flow in his presence. And we will show his presence. It's not just about going. It's not just about flowing. It's about showing. Because these people out here, they don't care what we have to say. They want to see. They want to experience. You know, well, you need to do this, this, and what? And you need to repent, this, this, and what? You never hear Jesus saying anything like that. Never in all the Gospels. He never once says repent of your sin. He says repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. Change your way of thinking about who God is and how God is on the earth today. And then people like Nicodemus comes in the night and goes, Jesus, I know God must be with you because nobody could do them things. And Jesus says, he gave him a taste. He showed him the kingdom. Then he says, now I'm going to tell you how to enter the kingdom. See, we've backed away. The church in the world has backed away. We just want proclamation. And the world is saying, give us demonstration. Show us the kingdom come. Show us the power of God. That's what they're demanding of us. Because you know who has it? The psychics, the new agers. They all have it. And the kingdom wants to be spoon fed. The kingdom of God people want someone else to go to the mountain and get the field for us. And the God's invitation is, come on. I want to use you. I want to show you who I am. And the stuff that we struggle with will fall off and will be addressed when we go to him. But don't leave the things that we know need to fall off keep us from him. Because he's not barricading you out. He's like, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden. He didn't say, come to me all you who have it together, who have no sin and no failures. He says, come with your burdens and I'll give you rest. You'll take something from me upon you and you'll be able to flow on it. And I just, I just want to encourage you. There's another slide up there. Today is assignment, I should say. <laughs> Today's assignment... If you should accept it. Is it like that? Is that over a movie? Imagine what it would be like to spend time with the king. Just close our eyes for a moment. Here's our ministry time. Here's our... Imagine what it would be like to spend time with the king of kings. Go to the hill. Imagine flowing in the things of the kingdom of God. 
go to the hill. He's made a way. Imagine a kingdom, kingdom atmosphere in your home, in your marriage, in your work, in your community, in your city, in your nation. Go to the hill. So here's your assignment. Would you take some time out this week, find a prayer partner, if it's your wife, husband, a friend, and one morning this week, 6.30 probably, say, come on, we get together and just put on worship and see what God will do. Just see what God will do. Confession time now. In January, no, on 28th of December, you know, I've said so much times, I'm fed up listening to myself about the last four or five years of being crazy, mad, horrible, demonic, <laughs> and godly. <laughs> but I remember saying in 2016, Louise wanted me to say, you know, Louise said, Mommy, give thanks to the Lord for last year. And I says, so she started with me, hoping I think I was going to say something real faith-filled and whatever. And I go, I thank God that I got out last year with my sanity. And I was not messing. So that, let that sum up like what I could imagine in your head. And then add something more. And so I was going over to Spain with Stephen and Tati and the kids. We were going over. We kindly gave her some time away. And me and Char was on the plane the night before. I was very violently sick, violently sick, like all night. And like it was one of those, like getting up at four o'clock to get to the airport to get that Ryanair flight, you know. And um, we're driving out to the airport. I'm dying. I don't know how I even got to the airport. I don't know how I didn't crash the car. I, Sharon was like, Are you sure you want to go? I says, No, I want to go, I want to go. Get to, I kid you not, without being gross, I drank a, a litre of water in the airport that was out of a fridge, drank it. As soon as it was gone, I had to run into the bathroom and warm water came out of my body. So went in cold, as you can imagine. And my body was so overheated that this was coming out warm. I gets on the plane, slept for three hours. Gets up, we were four hour flight, three hours on the plane. Oh yeah, gets up and I go, Sharon, I don't know what's wrong with me, but there's something desperately wrong with me. And uh, I'm going to the bathroom and I gets up and the hostess says, are you all right, sir? When I got down a little bit and I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't feel well enough. I says, there's something going on in my body and I don't know. And she says, well, do you want to sit down there? Well, I woke up with a crowd around me in an instant. And um, anyway, they cleared the bathroom, got me in there and gave me a can of Pepsi, whatever that was supposed to do. And uh, sitting there and sipped it. I was physically shaking and I came out after 20 minutes and I was standing there again in my looking around and uh, a girl said to me, are you all right? We thought you were taking a heart attack. She says you were shaking like violently on the, like when you were down. And, and, and she, this was 20 minutes. Sharon was still sitting up there. Didn't even miss me, by the way. <laughs> I, just wanted, I just wanted to note that. You know what I mean? Like, you know? Like, like, so anyway, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Lord, I'll just give that back to you. And so anyway, though I was like that on the outside, it took me three weeks when I got home to hydrate my body properly. That's where it was. It was dehydration. 
And uh, outwardly, I was shaken for nearly three weeks. Never felt hungry, felt never felt full, felt hollow, like just for a couple of weeks. And But inwardly, I was alive. Inwardly, there was something after changing with that. Like I call it now a baptism. It was like it was like four years of pain was left behind on the plane. And like even Stephen seen me at the airport and says, You are right, you look like death warmed up. But that was on the outside. But on the inside, after four days, I think this is right to say, but Stephen's his kid says, It was like being at Disneyland, being with Nolan Sheridan those four days. Such joy was coming out from the outside, but on the, on the inside it was ever. And why am I saying all that? That, that God changed everything so from that day on. I'm telling you, there's been an insatiable hunger for the presence of God in my life. Insatiable. I mean, I can't wait to get away from people just to go be on my own. I can't wait just to be in his presence and worship him. And am I saying anything different? I don't even, them 30 years don't even seem like they existed. Because the glory of the latter day house, so full of glory that makes the last glorious days, don't even look like glory anymore. And the invitation is not just knowledge for us all. That God would give each one of us. So me and Rob, me, every morning at 6.30 to pray. To not to pray, it doesn't put right words on it. To wait on Jesus. And you know, two weeks of that is great. A month of that is great. Because God tested us. Do you want to just come to me to get something? Or do you want to come to me for me now? Six months of glorious encounters with the living God. And I feel, I don't even know, that's not my note. But I feel to invite us all into that baptism. Could we stand? I'm, like, it's not, look, at there's a decision. Just see this Friday gone? The last thing I wanted to do was to get up at quarter six and drive out to Leakslip. I'm telling you, there was a momentous battle. I could have made any excuse, and I was. And it's a matter of jumping up and putting on your tracksuit and your hoodie and getting out of that bed <laughs> and getting down them stairs and getting into the car. And there's another person in another house waiting on you with a cup of tea. And you sit there. And I tell you, an hour and a half goes by like it's moments at times. And I want to invite you into that hunger that God has gifted. He's put a gift in there of it. Because anything else, I'm conjuring or up, striving for it, but there's none of it. And he's given me a prayer partner for these last six months in Rob. And I encourage you to get somebody, husband, wife. I'd invited Sharon down into that space when we're in my house. We've travelled out to Rob's and Patrice has come down. I'll tell you, this is going to flow out into our church. And you're going to be great in the nation, in the name of Jesus. You're going to be mountain people, cloud people that come down. You won't have to be stored up on a Sunday with gimmicks to get you to praise God. You're already after being in there. You already ought to be holding his beauty and his majesty. You're already ahead. You're like greyhounds waiting to get over a trap. Just open the gate. Open the gate. Strum the guitar. Play the piano. Because I've already been with God. 
And I have something to declare and something to say and the meditation of my heart of his beauty and majesty will flow out of my mouth into building an atmosphere where God can come and dwell in. He's the one that started and he's the one that gets the glory. So would you put your hand on the shoulder of someone beside you? And I send you out of this place. I send you out of this place apostolically to be kingdom people that find a place on the mountain of God. And that you be kingdom come people because you've been to that mountain. And that you will bring heavenly atmospheres, changed atmospheres, I say over your home, over your marriage, over your finances, over your future, over your job. I say to every atmosphere that's ungodly, move. Move. Marriage, move. Finances, move. Things that are holding you back, move. And I release the hunger of God for God. That wherever that was, Lord God, I can make no other sense of a Lord other than there was a baptism of some description where old was left and something new was risen. And I release that into every one of us, oh God. That all we want is you, Jesus. I tell you what matters most to liberty, Jesus. For real, his presence, for real. The climbing the mountain together, real. The putting things out of our world together, real. To leaving the crowd together, real. Not gimmicky real. Not just language real. But for real. And pray that right now for that person. Pray that they would, God would open our eyes. That we would see God, know God, experience God, bring God, flow in God. That we would be people that go to God, flow in God and show God to other people. Show his love, show his mercy, show his grace in the name of Jesus. There's a quick prayer. Lord, we go to you. We flow from you and we show you this world who you are. So I say in the name of Jesus, receive the grace of God to run this race with God. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.